Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everyone. This is Sumaya. Welcome to another episode of Quantum Theology Online. And uh, we're doing this on Sunday, November 15, 2015. We're talking about energy healing today. And our callers are sharing their experience of balancing left and right hemisphere, balancing male and female energies, and also unifying our energy fields to be whole and complete despite all of the energies that are floating around in cyberspace. So here we go. Um, Karen was just bringing up the point about male and female energies. Uh, do you want to say that point again for the recording, please? <clears throat> I thought it was very good. Oh, I just said that um, as in uh, life, uh, the male and the female should be present in everything, including uh, organizations, governments, cities, uh, whatever, countries, because the female is the nurturing or humanitarian portion of said allegations of funds and or energy, and the male would be the defender and or Department of Defense would be an allegory for that, or a defender role, um, and having those two things together is an important balance. Yeah. And, um, you know, in uh, yoga and in other forms of meditation, you don't have to have a partner, in like a physical love partner, to balance out your energy. So if you're female, you don't have to have a man in your life. You just look for the masculine qualities within yourself to balance out with your feminine side. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with learning how to use tools or fixing cars. Um, that those energies are already in you. It's just a matter of acknowledging and having them blend or balance out with the nurturing, harmonious, you know, motherly side or creative side. You know, having them both coexist together. After that, you don't really need any more partnering up because if you're not procreating, in my opinion, it's all about ascension. It's all about, you know, once you're balanced and you're a vehicle of energy, you can rise your, you can rise up to heights of understanding, which means blending both positive and negative ions, making them move in a certain direction, creating your reality with your thoughts, healing yourself or others, because everything made out of positive and negative energy has to be in balance eventually in the universe. So, um, you know, it starts itself. It starts with the universe. They're both at the same time. And as you work on yourself and you work on your environment, you're actually doing a good job for the rest of us, everyone, you know. And the wider your view of balance, like Karen was saying, the 
easier it is for you to access those domains of energy where you can help balance out those larger domains. You see, if you can visualize it, then you can work on those larger fields of energy. I mean, when you're uh, when you're just starting out, most people when they're first starting out, they just want to fix something in their lives. Can you fix my boyfriend or my husband? Um, how about my self-esteem, my money? You know. And people start out by healing themselves, but once they find that, well, the self isn't just, isn't enough anymore. Myself is connected with my family. Well, let me let me work on my family. Let's get everything harmonious there instead of dysfunctional. And then once the family is good, you have space and time to extend your influence. And then uh, you're thinking about the environment or a cause or some kind of mission. Or maybe you want to start teaching and you have groups of 20 or 50 or 100. And so your harmony, your balance can extend to larger and larger fields of influence. The problem with some of the petty tyrants that we're seeing in society, and it's not just now, this is historical. You know, look at Napoleon, Hitler. We want to take over the world. But they weren't balanced within themselves. And so eventually what they tried to push on to other people by controlling them ended up killing themselves and ruining their own countries. So um, those are just examples from history, but the paradigm is the same. If they had been balanced within themselves, anybody who's confident or self-assured doesn't need to control anybody else. They don't have to control. It's just done through love and connection. We realize our connectivity, the broader our view. Amy, you want some you want to say something? I'm gonna open your Oh yes, yes, yes. Um I wanna say that um that that the balance of yin and yang energy, positive, negative energy, uh, male, female energy, it's all the same, uh, just different verbiage. Um, I want to say that if, if um, it applies to, to, to same-sex loving, too, like uh, usually it's a, it's a human thing to have this balance. Uh, so usually if, if there's a lesbian couple, um, there'll be one of the one of the women will be will have more yang energy, more masculine energy, and she will do the stuff outside the house, like fixing the car and painting, you know, etc. Things like that. And the woman with the more yin energy, and, and I think I I have more yin energy, so I would be probably doing stuff in the house, like like doing you know working with the papers, with the bills, maybe cooking, maybe stuff like that. And uh so that's and, and it's it it's it's kind of like a um it's it's a natural thing. You kind of kind of like you pick you pick stuff up from each other. Usually when you pick a, a partner, it's very uh on a subconscious level. And um you kind of pick out someone who's a good match for you as far as, as far as those energies go, as far as what we're talking about today. Um, you know, and uh, it always kind of works out. It just always works. It's always worked out like that for me. I've always found primarily women who I've been connected with really well have had a lot more, have been more in touch with their masculine energies than I have been. 
So that's really what I want to want to contribute to this uh, okay. conversation. Yeah. Um, so in in the end, you you balance out your household with the yin yang, or uh, actually yin is the female, so yang yin, masculine feminine, and in that unit you find balance. What you're saying. Yeah. Exactly. It's just a natural, um, you know, alchemy where it just happens. It just, it just happens. Just like it happens with with a heterosexual relationships. Uh, you know, you just kind of, you kind of attract each other, and uh, someone enjoys doing more of the uh, yin stuff, the feminine stuff, and someone, and usually it's the guy that enjoys the masculine stuff. But I've seen couples in the past, straight couples in the past, that the woman has more yang energy, more masculine energy than, than, the, than the guy. And, and she was an electrician and the guy was a psychotherapist. And so she did all the work outside, you know, you know, outside meaning, you know, just, you know, all the male stuff. And she would go out and do the, 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 the you know, you know, the electric you know, the electrical work. <laughs> she was an electri- mm-hmm. electrical contractor. So I thought that was really interesting. I ran across couples like that before where, wow, that's really amazing. But it's usually, it's usually unusual. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not common. Well, I think our society is growing out of uh, stilted roles like only men do this and only women do that. I mean, I think we're maybe a few years out from that um, prejudice, you know, what you're trained to be. I mean, our parents were, you're the mother, you stay home, you know, but our our generation doesn't believe that anymore, so we're freed up to choose any kind of work we like. You know, you know, that means you know can I say something? Not, um, yeah. I t- not to extrapolate too far and take this a step further, but I am... Uh, in relation to balancing the male and the female energies, and in relation to what you also said about sometimes when we're alone, we have to learn to be both female and male people. It brings me back to my memory, a quote Einstein, who I understand was quite a ladies' man, uh, uh, he made the comment that women that uh, grow, uh, that mature and are single and stay single become amazing human beings, or something to that effect. Turn into one-dish creatures. And, and, and that's interesting that, you know, it's true when you do become self-sufficient and you don't really seek outside yourself for someone to worship and follow around and take care of, and you have the time and the energy to focus on the bigger picture, you grow. You grow a lot more than when you're married. You, I've always stayed stunted when I was married emotionally, and I always grew when I was single because I've had a lot of those. <laughs> well, we've all had relationships where we felt like um, we'd have to focus on fixing the problems between each other rather than moving forward in the same direction. You know, not not every relationship is like that, but if you don't have both wheels going in the same direction, you're wobbly. So it um, makes a lot of sense that uh, if that's a distraction, which I always found it to be, um, then maybe having 
a relationship like that is not the right thing. You know, you may have goals that don't require it. In my case, uh, I decided 15 years ago that uh, relationships were too much of a distraction and an energy drain because I wanted to focus on my spiritual growth. And it doesn't require any sexuality at all. And so, uh, you know, I made the commitment to stay focused on my spiritual growth however long I have left here. You became a monk. That's right. Yeah, me too, for a celibate, you know, which is nice, kind of. Not being bothered with uh, all that nonsense from childhood. (laughs) Which is kind of how I look at it now that I'm aged. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like you pass that and you've got a chance to grow unfettered and go and think anything you want and go in any direction you want and explore every avenue without having someone criticize you or invalidate you. That's right. Uh Yeah, we get enough of that anyway, so... uh (laughs) Because a lot of people don't don't even think that spiritual growth is important. They're like, well, that's not practical. Exactly. Well, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a practical person too, you know. I got all my bills paid. Um, you know, I like to keep a, keep things clean and working, functioning properly. But uh, as far as fitting in with society the way they want, no, it's not necessary anymore. Just absolutely not. It's not even an issue. Yeah. Well, I think everything you both said are really valid, um, and uh, it's all true. And uh, I recently took a workshop uh, called Conscious Girlfriend, and it was for for women that love women. And uh, uh, it's based on on Gay Hendricks and his wife. I can't think of his wife's name, but um, that's... They started this paradigm like 40 years ago, how to have conscious relationships. So uh, it's based on that and also some John Gottman who's based up in, in, in Seattle, Washington at the university there. Uh, how, how couples interact, interact with each other. But anyway, it's basically um, the teachings were, the um, long short of it is that it's how to, uh, how to relate to each other without getting into fights and without and not kind of accepting each other's differences and and uh, not getting so hurt all the time because, um, you know, you think, you, sh- you think she's mad at you, but she's really not. She's just doing her own thing, stuff like that. You know, it always gets, always kind of triggered to get you upset and to think that, she, you know, she doesn't love you or, you know, like that. So it was a really good workshop. And uh, actually, uh, an old friend of mine uh, is, is in a relationship with, with, with uh, the, the partner of that, of workshop, of conscious relationship, uh, and so I was really glad to see my old friend again. I hadn't seen her in like five years. So, uh, and and I, you know, I met some nice people there, and but no one to date. They're just nice being around other women that want to learn how to have conscious relationships. So, so I'm actually, uh, I'd like to have that. I always was interested in that, how to how to have a spiritual relationship with someone else. Uh, and uh, I always believe that I can grow deeper uh, through that path. That's me. Uh, everything you guys have said is valid for you. It's all true for you. I understand and everything. But I'm talking about for me, I've always kind of prayed for a conscious relationship with another woman that I could really learn about myself um, through 
to our, you know, to our love and to our compassion and understanding each other and being real with each other and not, not, not being abusive and, you know, just being kind, you know. So um, that's, I just wanted to put that in there. Yeah, well, no, that's perfectly good. Um, you you know what your path is, and you know where you can learn how to expand yourself. So, um, no, there's nothing wrong with that. If you know that's what you want, you should have it. Everyone's path is different. Yeah, that's true, and uh, it's all good. It's it's all viable. It's all you know. It's all viable for for each person. Mm-hmm. What, what their what their path is. That's right. Mm-hmm. So, would you like to do a meditation now, like ten or fifteen minutes? Okay. Yeah. Karen, yeah. you ready? Okay. Yeah, no, I'm not ready yet. No. Okay, find a a place, Amy and Karen and anybody else who's listening, um, where you can have just at least 10 minutes of silence around you, and I'll wait till you give me the okay, and then I'll start. And then I'll mute the room when we're ready to get going. Let me just tell my mom I need 10 minutes to silence so she doesn't come in and make noise. Okay. Amy, can you find a spot where you're... Uh, yeah. Won't be yeah. disturbed for... All right. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I'm going to close my eyes here. And, yeah. All right. That sounds good. I'm sitting by the window here, so I'm pretty much in a corner, which is really good. Uh-huh. Do you have a nice view? Yeah, I see my car outside. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I have a big view, too. I have a view of the the mountains, um, big pine trees, green, uh, smoke coming out of somebody's chimney. Wow. <laughs> big blue jays eating the bread and the seeds that I put outside. We have a little mouse that comes to visit at night. Must be really small, huh? The mouse? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's he's cute. He's like a pale gray with big ears. He has to come all the way up to the second floor to get a few seeds and then run all the way back down to wherever he lives. (laughs) It's a lot of work for a few seeds, but I think that's what he's doing. Well, be careful. He is not a she, and she isn't going to find a nice warm home in your house and have her babies there. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to start eating the wildlife. They start congregating and bringing their family around. Yeah, I like that. that (laughs) You want the family in your home? Uh, it's not my home. They probably live underneath somewhere, you know, under a rock or something. Under your house, probably, if it's not a cement foundation. (laughs) Yeah, it's got cement, yeah. Oh. No, there's plenty of woods out there with wildlife. I can't control who's going to have babies or not, you know, just, um. Oh, you're by the woods. Yeah, I know. I lived there, too, and at night my cameras would pick up 
skunks and possums and everything else on the property. It's really yeah, cool. Rac- yeah, raccoons, elk, deer. Okay, I'm going to mute and we're going to do a meditation. And then we can go back to talking. Okay. And here's the part where we get to relax, get centered, and raise our vibration to a new level. A new level of insight, perspective, a new way of seeing things, a new way of dealing with the world. So find a nice quiet place where you can sit or lie down for a little bit. Feel yourself sinking into your spot, sinking down into your place, this place, this time. Feel your muscles relaxing dropping down another notch. Take a deep breath and relax. Now let yourself sink down a little bit more now. Scan your body from head to toe, letting all the muscles drop down another notch. The muscles of your scalp and face down through your neck and shoulders dropping down through your arms, through your chest and back, all the way down to your hips, muscles of your legs, everything relaxing another level deeper. Take another deep breath and release any stress. Every little tension, every little concern, breathe deeply and naturally, letting go a little bit more. 
And if you notice any place where there's still a tightness, imagine that you can breathe right into that spot, expanding and loosening the muscles, the tendons, the filaments, the cells, opening up and relaxing. Breathe love into that spot. Let your body know that you love it unconditionally. No matter what your age or condition of health, you still love yourself now. You still love everything about you. Life, possibilities, accomplishments, and even your mistakes. You love it all because it is a part of you. Forgive yourself for any mistakes. and love yourself back into wholeness, to harmony. Now imagine in your mind's eye there's a movie screen And on this movie screen, there is a male and a female with all the qualities and characteristics that you imagine for them. And imagine those qualities, even if they're listed out in words, that they're blending and harmonizing. Imagine the yin qualities and the yang qualities coming together, a black and white swirl, turning in space, where they get to share characteristics. Opportunities, talents, skills, understanding and intelligence. And they're turning together in a unified circle And these are the parts of yourself that are becoming one.
and you can balance out within yourself and your environment anything that's outstanding with anything that's been undiscovered or underrated because they're sharing energy and they're sharing respect, communication, unifying and regenerating itself. Now let's take it another step further. On your movie screen, in your mind's eye, imagine something that you would like to accomplish. It doesn't have to be big. Maybe it's something you can do today or tonight in which this energy could be directed or focused Imagine that the positive and negative forces are swirling together in the direction of your goal so that everything works out and no loose ends. And I'll give you another minute for this. Everything is working out. Every day, in every way, you're getting better and better. another deep breath and let this sink in to your mind and your heart. Trust that it's already done because you already thought it to be done. Breathe in another deep breath and pull it into your body so that you and your vision are one. All the way down into your stomach, into the center 
of your will. Solar plexus. And let it be there as a part of you. Whenever you're ready, you can open your eyes. How's everybody feeling now? Much more grounded and connected uh, to my inner channels and my um, female and uh, male energies are more um, uh, more more in a, uh, more in a uh, balancing dance. In a dance, that's a word I could have used. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's a great word to describe it, because a dance is not static, it's fluid, and it moves, and it's creative. That's a really good word to use. Anybody else want to share? Yeah, I'm half asleep. Uh, I saw a big uh, tornado-shaped whirlwind of uh, white wind, a nice smooth white wind with some streaks of black wind with big blobs of black mixed in, and it was not circling in a nice concentric motion. It was slightly off balance because of the black blob. That was my vision of uh, male and female energies mixing. And then when I envisioned the harmony, it looked like a grid. <laughs> oh. No. Maybe you have maybe you have more masculine energy um, to integrate. I think know? I've already done that. I, I did that when I was 30. I integrated masculine and feminine at 30, pretty much, between 30 and 40, because I was mm-hmm. completely self-sufficient actually till 50. And so I had to uh-huh. be both male and female in my own life, and it was fine. I didn't do as good of a job with the male as I could have because I wasn't as self-confident as I should have been. Uh-huh. Well, I think you've worked on that enough. I mean, you're a very confident person in general, my, in my view. I'm reckless. <laughs> Recklessly confident. Well, you know, none of us are done. If we were done, we wouldn't even be here anymore. So, we still have time. Yeah, we're all undone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Let me just finish the thought here about undone because our societies, especially Western societies, are so focused on goals. But in Eastern, especially Buddhist 
thought, and that philosophy, you become enlightened by undoing, by releasing your goals and attachments. So both sides are are good. You know, it just depends on where you're at. I feel much more Buddhist in the last um, year or so. Much more Buddhist-oriented, much less materialistic. Because I had to move, I'm surrounded by materialism that, although it looks like fun to play with and put up somewhere, um, it's just stuff dragging me down. Well, yeah, I found that too. That's a lost interest, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I decided like 10 years ago that the more stuff you own, the more stuff owns you. Right. Because you have... Everything requires maintenance and taxes and people to take care of things and fix it, you know. You know, you end up trying to keep everything. Then you've got to think about security and where you're going to put it all and you need bigger and bigger spaces. So it ends up owning you after a while. Yeah, it does. It holds you back. It holds you down. Well, like you don't—you don't own your animals. They own you, basically, and your pocketbook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't see my animals that way. I've always seen my animals as, you know, companions in life, and they give me so much love and. Um, I I truly believe that animals are here to teach people, not the other way around. Oh, I'm totally, totally, totally on board with you. But I yeah. when when I became allergic to cats and doggy dander, I couldn't get as close and comfy and cushy with them that I always was my whole life because I became allergic. It was too much exposure, uh-huh. I guess. I see. Yeah. Yeah, that you know, happen. so you can't cuddle up with them and have them on your lap or have them in your, jump up on the couch with you because I'll be itching from head to toe. And every time I touch them, I have to run and wash my hands. If I touch my eyes, they'll get itchy. Well, I have to be careful with uh, the dog thing. I can't get all... And, you know, I don't want to get too lovey with them anyway because anything I love dies. So, you know, I just sort of treat them wonderfully and have them as companions for walks and admire them by touching them and loving them and then washing my hands. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But every day they get a walk, you know, every day. So I, they they get attention and they get, you know, stuff to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, we don't have to own animals to appreciate them. Yeah. If I, if I owned... Every bit of wildlife that I loved, uh, there wouldn't be any space in here. <laughs> You're so lucky so, to live in that environment. I really uh, envy that uh, opportunity because I kind of lived in a semi-wilderness area. It was a little town surrounded by really nice wilderness with millions and millions of trails. You could take your dog anywhere and go for a any length walk you wanted and never run out of trails. It was wonderful, and they were it was real nice weather, and, you know, I, I really envy anyone that has that um, scenario. 
Yeah, well, you don't have to envy it. You know, maybe next time, next place could be out in the wilderness. Yeah, I don't... I don't foresee myself uh, living alone very successfully with this stuff going on, you know. So I don't no. uh, know if that's going to work out. You know, living in the wilderness would be perhaps a bad idea. I have more protection with neighbors that like me. Yeah, that's good too. Well, I wouldn't say out totally wilderness because, you know, I've done that and you always have to come back to a town, get water, uh, charge up, get groceries. So the further away from civilization you are, the more you have to work at, you know, your general, you know, daily tasks. Yes, I know hassle living further out but it's so wonderful you do get really connected to nature you start feeling uh, you know you, you, I don't know how to explain it I have like a built in compass I can go anywhere in the wilderness and tell you which way is north, south, east and west and I've always been I've always had that and I so I love I feel so connected is all I can say to everything yeah, I, I understand that I really understand that Every time I see an animal, I feel it's a gift. I saw two beautiful coyotes out when we were walking the dogs. They must have been looking for water. And one of them actually had an auburn sheen to its coat. It was gorgeous. It shone in the sun. You know, it looked like copper slithering off its coat. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Nice. Probably a dog. In it. Yeah, it was just such a gift to see those things uh on a daily basis, and now I get sirens every day. Did you hear that? Just as your, just as your um, meditation was starting, and you said go to a quiet place and get deeper and deeper, these sirens came blaring by the house, and I had to laugh. I started chuckling to myself because I thought, you know, if I get angry, I'm going to fall out of the mode here. So I start chuckling because they were just screaming, and they took forever to pass. I thought, well, isn't that typical? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's in, uh, you bring up a whole other area of paradox that can work in our favor. I mean, situations that would normally make us angry, it's so helpful to go to a chuckle because it's like, it's almost like the universe handing you a joke, you know? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. A long time ago, before I knew I was targeted 30 years ago, I had such a absurdities happened to me working in the operating room. I used to look up at heaven and say, if there's a God, he has a really wicked sense of humor. And, you know, I sincerely meant that because this stuff was hilariously funny, but it wasn't funny to me, you know, because I was always the brunt of the humor. But um, for 30 years I thought that. Anyway, go ahead, Amy. Well, I was going to say that, that I heard a Dharma talk one time, um, which is basically, uh, it's, it's, it's in Buddhist sentence there. The teacher gives a talk about, about universal principles that they call it a Dharma talk. So basically, he was talking about how when he was a monk, he was an ordained monk in robes in uh, Asia somewhere, um, I think Sri Lanka. Um, there was war going on and, uh, you know, real, real, like, you know, like, like bombings and things like that. He was sitting in the meditation hall through all this and I mean and he said it was good practice because he learned to keep composure even with all this havoc going on around him you know 
and uh, and so so it brings me back to kind of what you said about the the siren going by. You know, it's good. It's a good teacher to be able to chuckle, have a sense of humor about it. You know, which is the same thing like sitting through it and just like you know breathing through. Like what he was doing, he was breathing. Those things, the siren going around, and how annoying it is. But he just went back to his his meditation anyway. You know what I mean? So basically, you did the same thing, but in your own style. You know. I think laughter helps raise your um, whatever frequency, whatever that is that helps raise. I don't know what it is, but uh, you guys call it frequency. So I think it helps do that, whatever that is, raising one's frequency. And it oh, helps definitely. you positive mode instead of going all cyclotronic and whatnot over things, which I do all the time. I do it all the time. I have to catch myself on a daily basis. Okay, let's take the other route with this thought. Instead of going that rude negative route, let's go the polite, uh, you know, route. And it, you know, I have to remind myself. Well, that's right. And uh, with more chaos showing up in the world, it's so important to be a center of calm within yourself. Yeah. But also, because all the people around you will respond to it too, you know. Well, maybe not all of them, but you'll have a better influence in every situation that you go to because you'll have a standpoint of, okay, let's not spin out of control, spin out of control. Here. And we will, uh, you know, deal with it the best way we can. And if we can laugh, it will be good too. Yeah, staying in control, that's, um, sometimes it's not always, you're not always able to laugh because it's nothing to laugh about, but I still try to get cynical and laugh about it anyway. But um, sometimes I have to be quiet, do exactly what you said. I have to find my own center of balance, and when I just stay quiet and I stop opening my big mouth and let myself feel and understand how I feel, I can elucidate myself much better later on. But I have to reach that center of calm, and with that calm, perspective comes. And then thus you can find humor in many things that previously seemed painful can now seem extremely funny to you. Yeah, and and also what came to my mind while you were talking is that sometimes it's good just to watch it as theater. And, and say, well, pe- these people are arguing, and that one is not paying attention, and here's somebody driving by with a siren, and it's all good theater. Like, you texted me one time, yeah, that's right, huh, let's just sit and watch and not get emotionally stirred up by other people, you know, and their issues, and just let's watch it as good drama. Yeah, you watch it unfold. And then don't really come to a conclusion right away. Make yourself just sit and think about it and try to to discover and explore your own real feelings about it before you speak because I have probably forced speech issues. Uh, Oh. Yeah, sometimes it just pops out and I'm like, oh my gosh, why didn't I think about that first? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, sometimes I think about something like, after it's over, then I go, oh, I wish I had said this, or, um, you know, I couldn't remember the name of a movie, or, you know, and then it comes to me later, and then, you know what, just let it go, you know, it, wasn't, it must not have been 
so vital that I couldn't remember it at the moment. But still, sometimes it's better to jot down your thought and then just sit and wait and think about it and wait for an opening in the conversation, even if you have to refer back to that point in time when they were talking about thus and thus. So I, I tried that the other night because I found rather than interrupt before I'm prepared to speak, I really wanted to say something about it, that I'll wait and I'll jot it down or make a note of it in my memory. And then I'll wait for an opening and I'll say, excuse me for changing the subject, but back to what we were talking about a few moments ago, blah, 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 blah. And then I can get my point out and elucidate myself a little better with more clarity because I waited a few minutes. That's right. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good example. Well, it's it's hard because you want to get it out now before you forget it because we all forget stuff and then the conversation rolls on and two seconds later you've lost it. So keep a pen and paper so I can jot stuff down if I've got, you know, something important I wanted to say about that. I'll try to think about how to word it and think about it before I speak and go back to it later. But that, you know, it's it just... It, Everybody, a lot of people do that naturally. Um, I that have mm-hmm. still have their brains intact, but you know, half the time I don't. I'm not in gear yet, so I can't keep up with the current conversation and remember what I wanted to say and formulate it all at the same time. It's too many functions. Well, you're not alone in that. Our society has gotten so complex. Everybody's on their phones and computers. Every computer has seven pages going at once. And, you know, it's it, it's all over the place now. And, you know, it's not just us. It's, if, you, if you look out there, you see they're always texting. They're always talking. They're always trying to get somewhere. And um, so... Uh, how could you keep it all going at one time? You know, how can you not forget some of it? It's, I don't think it's possible to remember everything, everything you want to say, every thought. But it's it's still a good practice to wait. Here, here's the thought I wanted to share. When people are getting very emotional, those emotions are contagious. They really are contagious. Laughter is contagious. Yawning is contagious. And those things have already been proven, you know, psychologically and scientifically. Um, Anger is contagious. And so you actually can build a little bit more immunity when um, you're in those environments where you're able to go, okay, let me just sit here, let them have their dramatic exchange, uh, and then maybe I'll come back with something, maybe I won't, you know, just uh, just not let it get to you, especially if it's really angry uh, and they're trying to stir you up to some kind of uh, reaction. And reactions are contagious. So we have to be mindful. Here's the word uh, that really works in this situation is being mindful and um there's a whole, there are a whole series of practices around that idea. What exactly do you mean by being mindful, if you'd like to explain it in your terms? Yeah, very simply speaking, it's uh, awareness in the moment, not going too far into the future or too far into the past and not being triggered by other things, but staying aware and centered and grounded 
and you, there's no requirement at all except awareness. You know, my mom does that. Not, she's not always really totally aware, but <laughs> she, she'll sit and she won't react. She'll sit and ponder it for a minute, and that's not dementia. That's just the way she thinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some you know, people are good at that. Maybe well, it could be age-related, too. Perhaps with age does come a bit of uh, social wisdom. Oh, yeah, some some uh, elderly people are so patient, and they're like, yeah, eh, this will pass, I'm not going to get, you know. <laughs> so look at the bird flying by. <laughs> well, that's called well, living, living in the moment, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a nice way to be able to live if you, you know, can muster it. Uh, a lot of people do have to plan ahead if they have... Uh, children. One of our TIs is a young mother with she had triplets. She I think she wow. was artificially inseminated or something. I don't know if that was the case, but she had triplets. I think they were uh fraternal triplets, not identical. She had one had black hair, one had blonde hair and one had red hair, something really wild like that. And she was targeted throughout the pregnancy and while she was pregnant she was in nursing school and she just graduated and she hasn't fairly new husband and I took and she was calling me asking me for advice I said honey I said you're a poster child for this group if you made it through all that she said oh yeah they were gang stalking me like crazy and but I don't think she was getting electronically harassed I can't remember um and but a lot of stuff was happening and she had triplets and she was she was juggling a new job as a nurse as a new nurse with three new babies and now they're about two years old, and uh, a husband, fairly new husband, and everything was working for her. So I said, except she's struggling with the job thing. I've heard from her a couple times since, but I would just tell her how proud I am of her and how I wish she'd come on the calls and share because uh, she's a phenom in the group to have accomplished so much and um, under duress and to still be hanging on and that if she should need support, please come on the call. And I think I've heard her talk, come on and talk about her job, having trouble with the job, the job mobbing issues. Yeah, Other well, we don't, hear, we don't hear from too many mothers juggling that. Um. I know, I know. It was really interesting talking to her, but I told her, I just told her how awesome I thought she was doing and um, how she should just keep up the good work and check in with us if she has issues she needs to work out because I'm just blown away by it. I, You know, she calls me for advice and this woman's gone through all this and persevered and it's, I mean, could you imagine three babies? No, I can't. Uh-uh. I mean, well, I've, I've had a lot of animals at one time, you know, trying to juggle them as like a family. You probably, after a while, you get them on a schedule. Talk about looking, mm-hmm. the, back to what we were talking about, looking forward versus living in the moment. When you have children, for example, like this woman, she never gets to live in the moment. She's always having to think ahead and plan with three babies and a job and a husband. So some people don't have that luxury of living in the moment, but those of us older or on some kind of support system uh, do have the luxury of sitting back and relaxing and meditating and living in the moment. So we're blessed. Yes. Uh-huh. We're poor, but we're blessed. 
Well, we're rich in other things. It just all depends on what you're looking at. Yeah. Well, um, I was thinking uh, maybe another four or five minutes and then closing the the recording out. Is there anything else you think uh, would be good for posterity here? And if we ever share this number, anybody who, uh, you know, some pearls of wisdom before we go that would help somebody listening later on? I think um, the biggest pearl of wisdom is probably mindfulness, what you were talking about. Mm. Yeah, that's a good training right there. They've got all kinds of, there's all kinds of mindfulness techniques. Um, Maybe we'll talk about that another time. One is along the lines of just being mindful of my own mood or my own need throughout the day to know when I need to meditate, when I need to shut up, when I need to, you know, change direction, chill, whatever, get up and move, whatever. But being mindful of all those things on a daily basis of my own self is a, a good rule of thumb. There you go. That's that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. You can't control the outside world necessarily. Unless you have children, then it's a different story. But uh, you know, as adults, without too many attachments, we really don't can't control other people. Um, other than to be the best people we can be, really. Exactly. Well, that's pretty much all you can hope for is just to get the most out of life being the best person you can, resisting the darkness, and keep moving, you know, keep moving forward. And Just remember Dory and Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming, 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 swimming. She kept saying that, but she never, because she could never remember her own name or where she was or what, or what her goal was or where she was going. I don't think I saw that movie. But hilarious. I really, was, I, I related to the character, and I think mm-hmm. uh, Alan DeGeneres did the voice. It was a cute movie. Mm-hmm. Just keep mm-hmm. slamming, 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 swimming is what she kept telling herself. Slamming, S-L-A-M. No, swimming. They were fish. Oh, swimming, swimming. But, yeah. No, it was okay. about a lost fish, and his, the father was the father fish was looking for the baby fish through the whole movie. And he runs into Dory, which is a confused female fish played by Ellen DeGeneres, who is hilariously okay. funny. Okay, yeah, yeah, just yeah. keep swimming, 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 walking. Yeah. I usually go like walking, 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 one foot in front of the other. If I'm too tired, it's just one foot in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. Just look down, keep your balance, keep moving. Yeah. That sounds good. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. Was there something else? No. Okay. So, well, uh, thanks, everyone, for coming today and listening. I'm just going to close out the recording, and uh, we'll take it from there. Thank you. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.